0: Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use Staple 20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20.
1: Well, you know, when SPC's down, we're still never out. That has always been the case. Now, there's been a number of times in the last few weeks where I had, as Remzo likes to say, Florida man stuff going on. Uh, and I did. And Remzo valiantly filled in For me, doing a solo episode by himself. But in this case, look, I I just don't I don't like to do podcasts alone. That's just my personal philosophy. I don't really prefer it because I feel like a crazy person just talking to a camera for an hour and it feels awkward. So I like to have somebody else there with me. So uh, for that reason, I called upon. My good friend here, Mr. Eric, one of our, I believe you were our very first patron, actually. and One of uh, the man, first. Yes, one of the first, first, you know, who cares. And uh, But you are the first person to get me into comic books. That is a historical fact that cannot be changed. So uh, welcome back to SPC.
2: Uh, thanks, Mark. Thanks for uh, Thanks for having me back.
1: I'd, I'd, it's, I'd say it's my pleasure and i will say it because it is my pleasure but uh what's not my pleasure is knowing that Remzo is a little bit laid up now i don't want to i don't want to reveal any personal details here but let's just say Remzo is in a wheelchair for the rest of his life no that's not true that's probably not true uh he just he did uh, he had a little ankle sprain of some kind uh he, as you guys know he's been in some some training a number of our spc members did donate to the cause and uh you know Sometimes when you're training for a cause, you push things a little too hard. So hopefully Remzo is just sitting back right now, popping painkillers and healing up. And if you want to contribute to the heal Remzo Martinez and help him continue to learn to read fund you can do so over on our Patreon at patreon.com slash print. Now we are still going to talk about the issue that we were originally going to discuss here today, uh, as we mapped out our schedule weeks ago. That is Saga of the Swamp Thing number twenty-eight, way back from the good old run with Alan Moore from the eighties. Now this is a run that Remzo and I talked about very early on in the podcast, uh, where we went through that first uh, that first uh, graphic novel, covering the first uh, first, pretty much the first two arcs where. Alan Moore basically redid the origin of Swamp Thing or retconned it, you might might say. And to me, this is one of the greatest comic runs of all time. But, Eric, talking to you before the show, I found out something that shocked me. And you've never actually read this run. Is that right?
2: I have never read this run. How
1: I think did that happen? Whole- you've introduced me to half the comics I've read. So how did this even happen?
2: <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, it kind of fits all the genres that I like. So I'm not sure it how really I does. I missed this. I think the only book that I've read in this entire run is probably The First Appearance of Constantine. Um wow. And I think that's probably the only book I've read in this entire Saga of the Swamp Thing.
1: As a John Constantine completist, uh, as 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 you like to uh, as you like to tout about yourself. Yeah. As a man around town. Uh, well, yeah, this really does check all your boxes. Cause you've, you've sent us down a couple different sort of horror avenues. I know you're really, and you're really all about the art a lot of the times. And one of my, yep. my favorite parts about this run, I mean, everyone talks about it as the Alan Moore run. Cause it is, but Stephen Bissett's art in this run goes so perfectly with Alan Moore that I, I don't think you can credit one without crediting the other for creating this, this complete package here. So, uh, did you Now, I assume, since you were one of our very first patrons, that you did back in the day hear our, our foray into Swamp Thing, our whole breakdown of, of the new origin and all that? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, now, I, I'm going to do a quick recap. But before I do, if you're wondering why I'm so spry, by the way, new studio, by the way, I'm not even fully set up. I just got a uh, an, a bookshelf behind me that I'm starting to slowly populate as I unpack. But as you can see, Eric, this is a this is directly from here. You can see some glimpses of the rogues, the rogues I that you that. sent to us. So slowly pop in, got a little ISOM back there from my man, Eric July. Uh, and I'm trying to populate it with some cool things, but most of those things are still in boxes. So we'll see. This, this will unfold. Things will unfold as they go, as, as we do here on SPC. But before I even get into this issue, you know what I got here? It's a coffee cup, coffee cup that is almost empty because I just finished my third cup. I might have a problem. My third cup of Fox and Sons coffee. I am still digging into my two-pound bag of the Den Blend Dark. I am a dark roast man, uh, but I've also tried. I've, I've dipped into the foray of some other. He has the Brazilian. I want to say the Brazilian pea berry, the Tasmanian pea berry. I get them all confused. There's lots of different countries. There's lots of different pea berries. There's lots of different berries. Lots of different beans. You got to check them all out. So what I want you to do is head over to our great sponsors, Fox, Sons. Fox and Sons, foxandsons.com, F-O-X-N-S-O-N-S.com. I don't want you to just go there and spend full price. You never tried this coffee, but I get it. That's why I got you the second print discount, 15% off if you use discount code, secondprintpod. Choose a couple bags. Any order over $25 will get you not only that free shipping, but also that 15% off your order. Once you try a couple of beans, you're going to be hooked like me, and you're going to want a subscription. And because you're special, because you're SPC listeners, Stephen Fox is also going to give you $4 off your monthly subscription for these two-pound bags. Uh, that is what fuels me. Without this coffee, I don't know if we'd be here right now. I don't know if I would even make it to noon if I wasn't sucking down the Fox and Sons coffees every single day. So do check out our great sponsors, Fox and Sons at foxandsons.com. Don't forget discount code. I almost said the discount code for my other show because uh, I have another one, but for this show, it's use discount code Second Print Pod. Now I will take a sip and then we shall proceed. Ah, now before we proceed, actually, Eric, you had a little comic filled weekend yourself, uh, visiting. The con everyone's been talking about—not exactly. It's a, but it's a con you've been talking about, and that is a, what is it called Terrific Con.
2: It's called Terrific Con. So is, uh,
1: is that all based around fans of of the character Mister Terrific?
2: No, no, it has nothing to do with Mister Terrific. That's it's the, not even that's uh, the convention I want to go to.
1: <laughs> I want to go to the Mister Terrific Con, where all everyone is dressed as Mister Terrific, and then I get in trouble for blackface. <laughs> and I'm like, come on! I was just doing the character.
2: It's actually uh, it's actually uh, one of the biggest conferences comic book conferences in Connecticut, um, and it's all comic book based. So if you're looking for a conference that has comic book vendors on top of comic book vendors, on top of comic book vendors, this is probably the right conference for you.
1: Um, so it's less the the flash and the pizzazz and the, the speaking and the talking and the this and that. It's just here's the comics, which is really... Yeah, I mean, what- cons used to be for me i mean when i was a kid it was just the comics let's like, let's exactly right
2: comics. exactly right they have the artist alley like every other conference yeah. um and they had a pretty impressive lineup this year you know they had chris claremont they had arthur adams um you know and then they had like tom king which i know you and Remzo love <laughs> you know they had his buddy mitch Gerards there um and then they I had like mitch
1: Gerards. i have nothing to yeah say. mitch
2: gerrard's pretty good and they probably had like 50 others. So there was there was quite a number of artists you could go in and, and kind of take a look at what books they're producing, get their signatures, meet and greet. And a lot of them were really nice, really great creators. Um, you know, I spent a, quite a bit of time with them. Some of them were really generous with their time, especially towards the end of the day, um, you know, when there were fewer people on the floor. And then on the floor itself, you know, it was just long boxes. <laughs> but the vendors, there was probably one or two booths dedicated to you know those pop figurines you know if you go to some of the bigger conferences like san diego comic-con or new york comic-con you know those have kind of turned into more of the pop conferences where there's more you know i'm talking pop culture in that case you know where there's more you know trading cards or you know pop figurines or anime type stuff and this was really comic book based um you know i was able to look look through the, the boxes look through the collections and i was able to pick up some pretty cool stuff.
1: What's uh you had a big prize you got this, this <sighs> weekend. What's the what's the big one? Yeah, my big my so big splurge. Have, sorry, you don't have it on you,
2: but I don't have it on me, but it's it's on the fan zone. If anyone wants to sign up and take a look, pictures there. Um I picked up Amazing Spider-Man 238, which is the first appearance of Hobgoblin. Um it's something that I've been looking after for a while and for a purchase like that. I want to see it in person so I can make sure there's no spine ticks and make sure that it is complete. Because in that particular book, there's a tattoo insert, a tattoo insert. And oftentimes that tattoo insert is removed. So I wanted to make sure that it was there and that both pieces were there to make sure that it is complete.
1: So I'm curious then. I never really
2: thought
1: thought about this aspect of it, but I got to imagine that's, that goes into the concept of grading something. If, if like, if a a book is perfect, but has some trading card or tattoo missing, that's technically like not a full book. I would, I would think, how does that work with grading?
2: Uh, I'm not sure. It's the first, it's the first book that I've really gotten where it would have that kind of, of um, qualifier, you know, where there's something that is supposed to be there, but it would be removed. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not sure if that would get a qualified grade from someone like CGC or another vendor. Um, I haven't really looked into that too much, but I wanted I wanted the complete package. It is going in for grading, because um, I want it to be preserved and I want it to be a display piece. Um, maybe been, when it goes in, my... you
1: can maybe this is how we find out. You can be like, so what would you grade this if yeah. it was exactly the same, but didn't have the tattoo?
2: I'm exactly right, curious. exactly right. So you've been to my house, you know I have a little display wall of my comics and this will be going right up, t- right next to the first appearance of Demogoblin.
1: Nice. <laughs> It's the goblin, the goblin section of the. I'll wall. I'll work That's my
2: way right. back to you know maybe a wooden lottery at some point. I'll yeah, you get, get a green goblin, green you can do a goblin.
1: Harry, then you can you can get, do all the all the green goblins. <laughs> exactly um, right. I'm kind of curious if you think that I don't really know how this stuff works with the ebbs and flows, but like let's say, because there's you know, there's the character of Ned Leeds already exists in the sort of MCU Spider-Verse, and they've they've made some hints that maybe that character could become Hobgoblin, but other than that, we've never seen it actually Hobgoblin on screen. I don't believe maybe in some I'm sure in some animated like Spider Man bullshit that Remzo likes, Probably. but n- nothing that I've ever seen. So do do you think that if like let's say in then the Tom Holland Spider Man 4, they uh they introduce they turn Ned Leeds leads into the Hobgoblin. Do you, does something like that maybe increase the value of this book?
2: Yeah. So what, I, what I've what i seen with with comic books and collectibles is if there's a storyline that's coming up in movies, that generally increases the value of the book for a time, right? So when Moon Knight came out, the value of, the, of Moon Knight number one and the value of the first appearance of Moon Knight went through the roof. You know, it doubled, tripled in price in some cases, and then it crashed back down to earth so you know it becomes hot for a time it becomes collectible for a time and then it comes right back down to the original value um you know that the collectors like you and me value that at. you know there's a speculation market and then there's the actual value of the book that you know collectors see it as so i'm collecting this because i want the book uh, not because i'm looking to speculate on it or
1: yeah, like yeah it all depends on on what your motives are and why you're collecting and what your time horizon is. If you're just trying to make a buck on a book and you happen to have, let's say, bought that first appearance of Moon Knight yeah. five years ago, then you probably should have sold it six months ago or, or something. Exactly. But if you right. actually bought it because you want the book and you want to have that in your collection, then, well, maybe you're never going to sell it. You know? You're, you're going to yeah. ride this thing to the grave. Yeah.
2: And it, it, there, there was another book that I was looking for at this at this conference that I passed on because it was just it was just a ludicrous amount of money. It's uh, something's is children number five. I've mentioned it to you. It's something that I've been looking for for yeah. for a while now. It's the one issue that I don't have in the collection. And they wanted two hundred and fifty dollars for it. Wow. And I was like, absolutely not. That's and it had crazy. spine it had spine ticks on it. I'm like, absolutely not. I'm not paying it's that.
1: crazy for a, a comic that's relatively new. So why why that issue in particular? I mean the series took off and has done has become kind of a cult hit of of sorts. But why is that why is that issue so so uh, rare as opposed to like issue 1?
2: Right. Issue 1 I saw there for for that price as well. Um issue 1 goes for a lot of money um in really good condition. But uh this particular book is the first appearance of Aaron Slaughter.
1: Okay. And
2: it really brings into um mm-hmm. You know, the council as well, this first appearance of the council and the first Prince of the dragon, and all those supporting characters um, that are in the house of slaughter. Um,
1: so it's a pivotal issue in a series that still at that time had not really gained the popularity that it has now
2: exactly right. exactly right. And I'm not sure what the actual print run was on that on issue number five. Um, I think that might come into it as well because they're really hard to find. Um, even on eBay, they're really hard to find, much less for a price that I'm willing to
1: pay. <laughs> Well, it seems like we could probably do a whole episode just on the the economics of sort of, uh, you know, of comic collecting and and analyzing certain ebbs and flows and that sort of thing. But that is not our task today. Our task today is to do an episode of SPC Reissued. Now, before we – years and years ago when we first started the show – And, like, there's a part of me that wishes we could sustain that old format where we would go really, really deep each and every week on a full trade paperback, on a full long story lark. Sometimes we would do – I think the craziest thing I ever did was I recapped 24 issues of Savage Dragon in an over two-hour podcast, uh, which still is only, like, a few minutes per per issue. So I still don't know how I did that one. Uh, We did this initial book of Alan Moore's Saga of the Swamp Thing, which takes us through the first new – the first arc of of Alan Moore's run where – we sort of get a, a retelling of the uh, of Swamp Thing's origin, and that that really does play into this issue. So this is the first time we've revisited Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Um, before we get into that, curious what is what is some of your experience with Alan Moore's work besides the fact that you haven't read the Swamp Thing, which is your is your homework assignment? Uh, but what what of what, what stands out to you as some of your favorites of Alan Moore's work over the years?
2: You know, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna embarrass myself a little bit further. <laughs>
1: Come on! Have you read? How many have read Watchmen? I've,
2: <laughs> I've read Watchmen. Okay. Yeah.
1: So you're. Allowed I've to read say Watchmen,
2: Watchmen. If you want, it, it, it's a Watchman, <laughs> I guess. But I'm gonna barrow with stuff. My my knowledge of of Alan Moore's work is really limited to what you guys have covered on the show. That's so, okay. Um, you know, right Watchmen. I have, I have a bunch of homework to do. There's a lot of a lot of comics that, for some reason, and I don't know how I missed Alan Moore's work back when I was really reading. Um, but
1: something I need to go back and look at. All right. Well, fair enough, Eric. And uh, there, I mean, there, it's it's one of those things that it's like, it's not for everyone at first, but it it also is for everyone at some point once you get yourself deep enough. And I'm not going to say more than that, but I, I do think that then the the best place for you to start will be the the beginning of this Swamp Thing run because it's it's really it's really up your alleyway with the horror yeah. and all that stuff. Um, so I'm just going to give a quick recap of Swamp Thing's origin, which does tie directly into this this issue because in this issue he is sort of. Swamp Thing is sort of mentally recovering from the revelations of the arc that we, again, we covered years ago. One of our very first, I want to say it's issue eight or seven, or it's it's very early on in the run. And I'll, I'll try to link to that. But if you just go to uh, secondprintcomics.substack.com, everything is archived over there. If you just type in Swamp Thing or Alan Moore, you will find uh, find that episode or go back to your podcast feed. You're, you're smart people. You can find this. But nonetheless, basically, well, the original origin of Swamp Thing was that Alec Holland is this scientist working on some regenerative plant something or other in the swamp? These baddies come over, they kill him and his wife. And they blow up, they or they they blow up his lab, and the chemicals infuse him into the swamp, and he turns into this swamp creature. That is essentially the original origin of Swamp Thing. However, Alan Moore came in and he said. Ain't now. I'm going to do the origin. I'm going to do it a little bit, something a little different. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to, I, every time I try to do Alan Moore, it just gets, it gets worse and worse and it it sounds less and less British. So I do a cockney, but that's not at all what Alan Moore sounds like. So I'm just, my apologies to Mr. Moore and to all British, (laughs) to all British people whatsoever. Alan Moore came in and he said, I'm going to flip this thing on its head. I'm going to make this a little more interesting. So to sum up the new origin, which is still the old origin, the same thing happened. The baddies came over, but they didn't just blow up the lab and turn Alec Holland into Swamp Thing. They actually did kill Alec Holland. Alec Holland died. Alec Holland was a human who was killed who never became Swamp Thing. What instead happened was that the chemicals, that that whatever, fused with... Alan with uh, Alec Holland's like brain cells and his body and his mind and that fused into the swamp and that created this swamp creature. The swamp creature that believed he was Alec Holland transformed because he had like the mind and the memories and all this stuff of Alec Alec Holland imbued into himself via the green, which is a concept that will sort of become a a larger part of the DC universe. Uh, But Swamp Thing is really an extension of the, of the, the green, the power of the green that has, in its initial formation here, basically been confused and 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 thought it was this person alec holland but that's not really true in alec moore's version In alan moore's version alan moore's version alec holland actually is dead and was never swamp thing and that leaves swamp thing here as we start this new issue sort of you know he's he's just found this out. He's just had this revelation that he's not really Alec Holland. He's never really been a human. He is just Swamp Thing. Only he has memories of Alec Holland. So now he is sort of dealing with that. He's also reunited uh, with uh, Abigail, who, um, Abigail Arcane, who is the daughter of his the the major villain of Swamp Thing, who is uh, Doctor Arcane, and they're they're kind of they're kind of buddies. They're. Technically, not lovers. Well, he's a swamp creature, first of all, but also she, as she is with uh, this guy who I call Creepy Matt Cable. He is very a very creepy guy, and uh, he's not really creepy, but he, he's had some issues with possession and, and demons and this sort of thing. So things have been tough in their relationship. So she's just she's kind of just Swamp Thing's uh, bestie, I guess you could say right now. But uh, th- things will unfold. But nonetheless, we start this issue off. Swamp Thing number twenty-eight, the burial, and Swamp Thing is just digging. He's just digging in the swamp. It's raining. It's pouring. All you see is just more and more dirt and clumps of mud being flapped out. The swamp thing is just alone digging and digging. And he's asking himself, how deep? How deep does it have to be? The soil, it's wet. The digging is difficult. And I have been digging for such a long time. And then Abigail is just there, just, just having a good old time. Hey, it looks nice in autumn, doesn't it? She's not in anywhere in this sort of... Uh, deep malaise that that swamp thing is in as he's in some ways, you know, quite literally searching for his identity, uh, digging through the swamp it, it, in his mind. He's, he's trying to almost find himself or find what he thought he was and find the actual body or actual remnants of Alec Holland. But she's kind of like, not even aware of this or thinking about it. She's just having a good old time. And he's saying, you know, you're not looking too bad yourself. Isn't this funny? What's happening to your skin as has it happened before. And, as we'll learn now, Swamp Thing, now that he is, he's basically letting go of his human side uh, because that human side was never real. Uh, and he's becoming more in touch with nature. So he's now becoming more in touch with the seasons. So now um, his skin, his the greenness of him is even changing uh, as they go into the fall. And Abigail is, of course, noticing this. So they're just having a good old time uh, sort of digging around. And, and, and Swamp Thing is really, he's, he's becoming more in touch with himself. And uh, now she points out this bird, the blue heron, flying through the swamp and swamp things, just kind of asking her, oh, how are you, by the way? Because they had just gone through this whole weird thing with, with – uh, the Floronic Man and this demon creature who the reader knows was kind of connected to Matt Cable, but we don't really know that yet. So Abigail went through this whole sort of mental episode uh, in the in the prior thing. So now she's saying, oh, you know, it's the change. Well, you know, I, I really ought to apologize. You know, I, I know I was acting a little crazy uh, the last couple of weeks. That's what she's referring to there. Um, and uh, and uh, he, the Swamp Thing is kind of following up. He's like, well, what about? creepy Matt he doesn't call him creepy Matt I'll call him creepy Matt and she's saying you know things are just fine you know he, he found he's out looking for a house uh, he's got a new job and, and he's like well a house? how how is that possible like you don't have a job you don't have money um, and but anyway and she's just kind of she's just kind of brushing this all aside saying oh you know after the incident with that demon creature I thought it would all be well I don't know what I thought but it was just amazing they just explained away everything is mass hysteria and, and everything's fine so she still has her job at this sort of insane asylum and and whatnot so She comes up to ask, you know, have you noticed how long it's taking for the flies to die off this year? Now, this doesn't really play into this particular issue, but it does play into kind of the larger arc that that plays out from here that does involve uh, what's going on with her husband, Creepy Matt Cable. But as she's saying this, Swamp Thing gets distracted. Because he sees something, something that shocks him. He sees an apparition of sorts. When I first saw this, I actually thought this was a dream. The way they they kind of like the way his hair is shaped and the way the the apparition is shaped. But then I realized that that's not what's happening. Um, and she's just kind of still going off talking about flies, and she and full swamp thing is freaking out. And she's like, Alec, you know what what's going on? Did you see something, and he says, "This is when he first flips out in here." Because she's still been calling him Alec the whole time, even though he, she knows the the new updated Alan Moore origin and whatnot. And he snaps at her and he just screams, don't keep calling me Alec. And she's just, I'm so sorry. Uh, she's kind of apologetic. And he's saying, look, I, I am not Alec Holland. Alec Holland is dead. And Swamp Thing just wanders off into the swamp and goes back to digging, as the caption tells us, dead but not buried. So it seems like Swamp Thing wants to have a burial for the person he never was, Um. I'm I'm come I'm I'm curious, Eric. Coming into this cold, having no knowledge of of this run or knowledge of Swamp Thing, what did you just think, sort of, of the vibe and feel uh, of this issue as we are just kind of thrown into, uh, thrown into Swamp Thing in a, in a very sort of morose place, digging digging through the rain, digging through the mud.
2: Yeah, you know, I thought it was a uh, thought it was a pretty good, uh, you know, first issue to kind of pick up pick up on right. I knew I knew kind of what was going on after a couple of pages. Um, you know, when I saw uh, the ghost, I wasn't sure who that was initially until a couple of pages later, uh, which we haven't gotten to yet. Um, but I thought that the the storytelling complements the art very well. Um, you know, the expression on Swamp Thing's face is is very telling. Um, you get a lot of feeling out of the art as well. Um, so, you know, I was I was pretty excited reading through this this uh, issue number twenty eight here. That was pretty good.
1: Yeah, and and Stephen Bissett is really I, to me he's like the seminal Swamp Thing artist because I should I never give credit to the colors but you'll see later on they they really do a lot with the colors here and like what Abby is mentioning about the green if you actually go back and look even a, a number of issues earlier. The, his green color here is is much brighter and much more vibrant than the green in the previous arc. So it's something they mentioned, but it's something that really is it does actually hold up in the artwork uh, if you kind of go back and check. So anyway, he's he's kind of flipped out because so that 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 apparition that he saw was indeed uh, Alec Holland. So now he's kind of. Chasing himself or what he thought was himself uh, through the swamp. And, and he's pissed now. He's just had enough of this shit. He's screaming, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Just ripping his way through the swamp. And now, what, one thing I like about this this issue is, like, this might not hit as much for you because you haven't really done a lot of deep dives on Alan Moore's work. But this... This couldn't be more of an Alan Moore issue. I mean, this is why I wanted to review this issue as my next foray into Swamp Thing. Because, look, spoiler alert, not a whole lot actually occurs in this issue. Um, and But this is like, it's a very Alan Moore type character analysis. Alan Moore likes to take a character and have them in some ways become the most broken down um I don't want to say pathetic, but in some ways, maybe pathetic version of themselves. He, he essentially will send characters on an existential crisis of their own, and he has no problem spending a whole issue doing that, spending a whole issue analyzing this, the doing sort of a psychoanalysis on, on a character, having a character completely break himself down, lose who they are, and rediscover who they are. And, you know, on the surface, you could definitely l- just, like, look at this issue and say, literally nothing happened in this issue, um, which is definitely different than... A lot of the issues that you know that come before this and surround this, where there's a lot more, I guess, um, plot movement, you could say. But to me, where where this lacks in plot movement, it completely makes up for in in character development. Because what 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 we see unfold here is is really a, a really over this, and we'll talk a little bit about the next issue as well. What we see unfold here is kind of is a pivotal turn in in. I'll say I'll say swamp thing. I won't call him Alec. I don't want him to get angry in in Swamp Thing's life here. So he's still rampaging through the swamp. He's screaming, "You're not Alec Holland. I I'm not Holland. Holland died. Holland is dead. He died in an explosion. I have his consciousness, his memories, but he is dead." So he's still grappling with this because like I've said, he his the consciousness was infused with him. So even though he knows he's not Alec Holland, it's as, as far as he can tell, it's almost like when you're watching a movie, you know, like when you're when you're invested in a movie, you start and, and it's, let's say a horror movie or something. You will jump when there's a jump scene, a scare scene, because you forget that you're not the star of the movie. You forget you're not actually living in this movie. Your body forgets. You get immersed in it. And, and I got to imagine it's a thousand times crazier for Swamp Thing. So maybe he might logically know, just like I logically know I'm not living in the movie that's scaring me in the moment. Swamp Thing logically knows he's not Alec Holland, but good luck actually convincing yourself of that when you have all his memories. You remember his whole life, you remember all these incidents, and you, as far as you've ever experienced, you've been Alec Holland. So that is what that's exactly the crisis uh, that Swamp Thing is going through right now. So he's screaming, but he is dead. I, I will not be haunted by myself and he, he turns around and sees his apparition again and he follows the apparition he just looks he does kind of look like dream here just the, the sort of faceless uh expression here and again swamp thing very shocked he almost looks sad for a minute because you know the apparition almost looks sad when swamp thing says i'm not going to be haunted by myself and then the apparition looks goes to walk away when when swamp Thing goes well wait no don't leave you know it's like uh, it's, it's it's a really bad it's a it's a rough relationship that's
0: Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: Swamp Thing's got here with the Apparition. He wants him to go one minute. Uh, He doesn't want him to leave the next minute. I think we've all been there. And he pleads with him, please, please, as the Apparition... Walks on water, by the way. A little little Jesus uh, shout out there. Walks on water through the swamp as Swamp Thing just yells at him, please come back. But he didn't come back. So Swamp Thing says, so I just had to follow him and follow him. So Swamp Thing is now continuing to just run through the swamp as he even says in his dialogue, through the luminous dusk. And again, to the art here, a lot of this has to go to the coloring he's he is running through a luminous dust like they don't just use this terminology i mean the the, mat, the artwork really does match um the, the sort of the vibe that you see change and the atmosphere that you see change through pools of cold water they, he follows him there where to the cabin and this is this is where it all went down now how is this possible well you know because we're in Alan Moore existential world i thought the cabin was blew up it did but bear with us all right because we're we're going deep here We're going deep into the psyche of Swamp Thing himself. We're not just in the swamp. We're not just in a physical swamp. We're in the swamp that is the psyche of the Swamp Thing. So so Swamp Thing enters this cabin that obviously, in this point, we are really more in the mind of the Swamp Thing. Uh, He goes into the cabin where it all began. Still standing, but barely. Naked rooms, filthy with wet ash. Now, this is where, like, when you do become... Now, this is... Remzo and I often also joke, like, all right, reading Alan Moore... Is not just reading pretty picture books. You know, it's not reading a Rob Liefeld book. You're you're where you're just there for the, the pretty pictures. Reading Alan Moore, it's like reading a book that has pictures as well. <laughs> Same with Neil Gaiman. That is, and that's neither that's not either a good thing or a bad thing because I like reading regular books as well. Uh, but it depends. It's it's the kind of thing where you got to be in the right mood because sometimes you pick up a comic because you just want to turn your brain off. You know what I mean? You just want to look at some some cool artwork and see people punch each other and like move on with your day. I would not recommend reading an Alan Moore book, especially not Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, if that's the mood that you're in. But if you're in the mood for some weird shit, if you're in the mood for a deep character analysis, if you're in the mood to read a book, essentially, but get to see some pictures... That's when I would recommend diving into some Alan Moore. So he's very descriptive, um, descriptive with his writing. And to me, the, the best Alan Moore works are when he's so in sync with the artist and, and his, sort of, his sort of existential narrative descriptions go well with not just what you're seeing in the art but the style of the art. And th- that's why I love this run so much because Stephen Bissett, his art just feels completely in sync with, with Alan Moore's vibe and with his narration. Uh, But he's picking up these pieces of upholstery. That's why I like to occasionally just read some of this because it's just just describing what happens, again, nothing – hardly anything happens in this issue, but there's a lot that happens. Um, Well, you say
2: say there's not a lot that happens, but the, the, the depth of character development that happens here and the kind of exposition on his background and what actually happened and how he's coming to terms with it. Exactly. That's, that's pretty big for the character. So I think I'd say there's there's a lot that happens here right. from a from a plot standpoint and you know maybe not from an action standpoint no but from character development a huge amount happens here.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if you're invested in this character, you could actually say there's more character development in this issue than the entire six or seven issues preceding it, even though there was a lot more action in those issues, those issues where he's actually battling the Floronic Man. We even see the Justice League come in because Floronic Man takes over a whole town, which I do like that they're like, even like in these kind of weirder books, like Alan Moore, Swamp Thing, Neil Gaiman, Sad Man. Neil Game and Sandman eventually they sort of broke off into its own universe and didn't really cross over much. It kind of vertigo became yeah. it became its own thing. But in their initial uh, version, like Sandman would like interact with the Justice League. Like the Neil Gaiman, and Sandman. It would just be like and it's weird going back to that stuff because they don't they don't even feel like they live in the same world now. Um, but they do, and they did then. And it, it's kind of fun to see these sort of weirder characters interact with like normal superheroes, like like yeah. Superman and Batman. Um but yeah, I mean there there's more you could say more happens to the character of Swamp Thing in this issue than any of those previous issues. Um, there's just not as much, you know, there's not as much action, so to speak. But, yeah, you could, you could definitely argue that there is more that happens in this issue than any other issue. So it all, all depends on, on our definition of happening. Right. I suppose. The happening. Uh, well, yeah, so now he's, he hears some voices uh, in the cabin. He hears some people talking, and he moves over and goes and looks in the bedroom where he does, of course, see Alec Holland. And his lady, I forget her name. I had it in my notes. Laura. Later. Laura. See, my new Swamp Thing expert is already fully invested in this. Green uh, shirt. Sure. And his <laughs> wife, Laura, getting ready for bed as Swamp Thing, who is not. Now, this, in, in context, this is actually kind of creepy because... He's not Alec Holland, so this is kind of weird that he's he's seeing a uh, you know into the bedroom of Alec Holland and his wife. But you know, fair enough. He already has all his memories, so you know he he, are, he already remembers this stuff. So I guess nothing new under the sun for him. So he's peeking in and watching what are clearly now clearly we're I don't know if we're supposed to think these are actually apparitions. I, I think we're really supposed to be at this point. The swamp is in Swamp Thing's mind because we know the cabin isn't doesn't exist anymore. The cabin's bl- been blown up, so this is really. Swamp Thing trying to find the, the inner Alec Holland in himself and to sort of exercise that inner Alec Holland and, and, and let that go um, in a sense. So she's getting, you know, Laura's getting ready for bed and, 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 and Alex being really flirty saying, you know, you're, you're going to look really good when you get old. And she's like, this is kind of creepy. Uh, he says, when I was 17, I remember you saying, you know, you're going to look really good when you're 25. <laughs> Now, in fairness, I don't know how how old Alec was at this time. Maybe there are, maybe they were, you know, teen lovers, and he was seventeen as well. So that would be fine. Uh, I just hope he wasn't too much older when he said that. But again, now this is the eighties. I don't think we were too worried about it back then. <laughs> about about young uh, scientists dating seventeen year olds. I think it was totally fine at the time. Um, and, and he says, he, he tries to play it down. He's like, no, no, I met your bone structure. You're going to be beautiful for a long while. And he's like, and she says, well, I'd rather you wore me out before I was, before I was 30. You couldn't really be rich for a long while instead. But really what we're just getting into is a glimpse in the sort of regular human life of Alec Holland, uh, you know, with his, with his lady here who at one point was 17. And, uh, he's just, they're, they're laughing it up having a good old time. And he suddenly says, are you cold? And she says, no. Are you reading? No, I don't know. I don't know why she says, are you reading? Does he get cold when he reads? I'm not sure, but at the same time, Swamp Thing is continuing to sort of just walk around. I, don't know I, I think did... she's.
2: I think she's got that being worn out uh, on on her mind.
1: Oh, I see what it is. Oh, right? get... look, look
2: at the look. Look at the look. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You're right. And she, <laughs> she's saying, "Oh yeah, the look." She's saying, "Oh, I, I, I get it now." He's saying. He's not realizing that he's like being the dumb guy. She's like, oh, I want to warm you up. You want to get warmed up? And she's like, what are you, what, what are you cold or something? <laughs> he's like, what, what are you reading a book? Come on. He's, he's really not getting it. So and I guess Swamp Thing doesn't want to stay for this part. <laughs> so he, he has a little bit of decency here, even though they, he still has all the memories. So he just continues to walk around this cabin and he says this is the heart. This is where the heart is this is where we lived where Linda and I lived in this fucking cabin in the swamp uh, and where we died and now he hears some other voices from another part of the cabin but Dr. Holland we came to you in good faith save it for the boys in blue ferret my wife and I will sleep a lot better knowing you three are behind bars and I, and I I don't know. So Alec Holland is, like, fending these guys guys off, these guys that have come to, to fuck with him, and they're saying, sorry, we can't accommodate you, Doc. Bruno, and this guy just decks out. Now, he's got a shotgun. Now, if I was Alec Holland, and I, and I got a shotgun, and these two guys are at my door, like... I'm not letting this guy get a lick in on me. Alec was do- using pretty poor uh, defense, to be o- to be honest here. Not that this is a, a home self-defense podcast necessarily, but if you're going to defend your home with a shotgun, you do not walk up and stand within arm's reach of your potential assailant. So that is my shotgun self-defense tip of the day. You remain in proper distance to keep yourself in a range. And the nice thing about the shotgun, you can blow a big hole through somebody. You don't need to be that accurate with a shotgun. So you can stand a little bit back. I can't even tell. The actually might be a rifle. I, I thought it was a shotgun at first. Uh, either way, very poor gun defense uh, for, for Alec Holland here, which does result. I think this is what Swamp Thing is thinking when he sees him get deck deck. He's like, no, this is terrible gun defense. You he should, you should, you should have taken that NRA course. And he just gets knocked out. And So these guys take the guns and they they take out Alex's wife and they leave a little surprise package in the form of dynamite now our uh, swamp thing is is yelling stop no please no but as he, as he as he tries to grab these guys he realizes well shit i'm just i'm an apparition here like i can't i can't touch anything so he can't actually affect anything that's happening here. He's not actually there in a sense. He's really just, it's almost like he's watching a TV show, but he's, he's physically present, I guess, as this is happening. And he's saying, Holland, you've got to wake up. You must wake up, wake up and it will all turn out differently. Holland, please. Now, when he's doing this, he's, while he's living these memories and experiencing these memories, he's at the same time calling him Holland and talking to him as, as, as a separate person because he is, but I, I, the way he's saying it is, is interesting because he's saying, you know, wake up and it'll all turn out differently. It, it can all be different. And he's he's really trying in his mind here, if he could actually change the course of events, which we know he can't actually do, he's trying to save the life of Alec Holland so Alec Holland can go and live. But actually, if he saves the life of Alec Holland, if Alec Holland really did live, if this never continued, Swamp Thing would never exist because Swamp Thing never was alec holland he was just an, a, a result of the explosion so if the explosion never happens there's never a swamp thing this this creature is not a continue it's not a continuation of alec holland this is an, an entirely different creature that that is essentially calling for his own lack of existence by trying to end the by trying to end the creation of swamp thing and the death of alec holland at the same time is that that make sense <laughs> This is the part where you comment while I drink some some Fox's Oh, it sure does. But, but what were you? What were you? What were you thinking at, the, at this point in the issue? Especially being someone who's who's really only diving into this for the first time, was it? Was it resonating you the identity crisis that Swamp Thing was going oh, through?
2: I'm- Absolutely, everything was coming together uh, to me. Now, I mean, I had a little bit of experience with Swamp Thing because I used to watch the uh, Swamp Thing show. Oh my that god, that's here on a uh, USA network. I did as well.
1: <laughs> I don't was, think uh, Alan Moore would approve of the Swamp Thing show. I'm just oh, gonna, absolutely, not. Gonna go ahead uh, absolutely not. going to go ahead. Absolutely not.
2: The depth, of, the depth of storytelling in this in this uh, run here is so much better, um, obviously. But yeah, it, this kind of brought it all together for me and really gave me a condensed background on. Uh, the character Alex Holland what they went through um, and then Swamp Thing and what he's dealing with um, you know and I, I thought this is really great
1: yeah so as as Swamp Thing is yelling at Alec Holland here Alec begins to come to and he actually gets up and he's like oh man it feels like they dropped a mountain on my head they hey sees my playlist is playmates decided to skip out and this is still you know this is still Alec just or, or Swamp Think just reliving this or not reliving it I guess living it for the first time since he never actually lived it the first time uh, and Alec says oh my dear God he sees the dynamite uh, that is strapped under the table I'm not really sure what these guys deal was why they why they I, I, I'm sure it is explained in the actual you know origin issues if you actually read the original story but I'm not I don't I don't know why they wanted to blow the place up why they wouldn't just because I think they wanted to steal the technology or steal the chemicals or something like that so I don't know why they would also want to blow them up and and kill Alec Holland but whatever we're not concerned about that today they're bad guys they just do bad. oh yeah because they're bad guys that's right (laughs) I forgot this is the 80s and it's comics and we need no other reason than because they're bad guys Right. he said and and he's going to try to defuse it as he's reaching for it boom explosion and this is this is interesting because it's to Swamp Thing, he's seeing this, but also reliving it because he has the memories of Alec Holland. And, and we see Alec Holland, who's on fire, doused in these chemicals. He actually runs and dives into the swamp, and you see his hand and his body just fade away into the swamp. But this gives Swamp Thing the knowledge there. This is he knows he knows where it is. He knows where the body is supposed to be. Or in theory, he knows that the body's in the swamp. So he says, okay, well, but where is the body? So then for he says for hours, I sat there and watched and waited and nothing. Like he's just waiting for something to happen. Almost nothing. And then we see a hand emerge. So we're we're still living through. We're reliving through the events. So hours later, and I guess Swamp Thing sits there in real time and sits through the hours of, of the reliving of this event, we see the hand of Swamp Thing emerge. And you can see even now the difference in colors. Uh, this is like the original Swamp Thing colors. is more of like a yellowish green where his current uh, fall look, I guess you could say, the fall fashion look of Swamp Thing is, is the uh, sort of the, the darker, sharper green. And Swamp Thing emerges from the swamp. Slowly but surely, zombie like, and now we have this. You know what this reminds me of? You'll you'll know this one. This reminds me of Undertaker versus Undertaker at SummerSlam. I think it was SummerSlam '94. One of the worst, yeah. one of the worst wrestling storylines and matches of all time when the fake Undertaker uh, fought the real Easily. Undertaker. Um, this matchup I think is is better. I think this is <laughs> even though not a ton more happens here than in that match. I like Swamp Thing V Swamp Thing a lot better than Undertaker V Undertaker. Um, they go to he goes to like shake his hand. Nothing. They're still still just apparitions. So he's like, OK, he's like, OK, but wait, you can see me. You can hear me because they try to reach each other. So he's like, OK, this is progress. And the, the new Swamp Thing, which I guess is the old Swamp Thing, just kind of puts a, a, a finger over his mouth. And it says, like, shut the fuck up for a second. He says, but I got so much to tell you. Your future, the things you must know. You're not even fucking Alec Holland. You don't, And, and the swamp thing just, he just gives them the shush. We've all gotten the shush at some point in our lives. From mom, from a significant other. We've all gotten the shush. Uh, and Al, and old swamp thing just points, points into the swamp. Swamp Thing says, the mud, something under the mud, what? And he just keeps, old Swamp Thing just keeps pointing, pointing towards the mud. And as he keeps pointing, he fades away, he fades away and becomes an apparition. And now I think this is the moment where Swamp Thing is sort of back in, in a sense. He's sort of back in our real world. He he points at this grave, this empty grave, and he's like, well, cool. I just dug an empty grave for a vanished body. So now Swamp Thing says, but that is what you're trying to tell me, isn't it? The body didn't vanish The mind, it was the mind that vanished. It vanished into the greenery. The mind was absorbed into the spoiled flesh, which created a new organism. So now he has sort of, he's gone into the swamp and he is, Sort of, in his own mind, reliving the creation of himself. So it's, it is the death of Alec Holland, but he's it's the birth of Swamp Thing. It is not a, it's not a transformation of Alec Holland into Swamp Thing. It's a creation of an all-new creature. So now we're kind of seeing that for the first time, in a sense. The mind vanishes completely, and the flesh vanishes, but the bones remain, and now... Real life now, swamp thing is now at the bottom of the swamp, and he finds the non non-decayed bones, the skeleton of Alec Holland. This is sort of a moment where now you can accept it, like all this stuff. The floor, he learned from the fluorotic man about his real origin, about the fact that he's not really Alec Holland. Um, you could probably, he could probably still, in a sense, tell himself, "Well, maybe I really am Alec Holland. Maybe that was some bullshit." Now this is the moment. He picks up the actual body. This is not. Alec Holland's body transformed into Swamp Thing. That body is gone. All that's left are these bones that Swamp Thing is now carrying out of the swamp in a, in a very much a a very horror vibe. As this swamp creature carries this skeleton all the way out of the swamp and just drags this thing all the way over to the grave, the the grave that he had been digging for a body that he didn't even know existed. And he he very nicely puts the bones, puts the skeleton of Alec Holland in this grave, starts tossing all this mud on it and a very cool shot here uh, to a shot. Like it's a movie, but uh, it, it feels very movie esque though. The way that, that this artist laid out of the full moon as Alec is putting the finishing uh, as Alec, I I fucked up. I don't want him to get mad at me as Swamp Thing is, uh, is finishing this burial. And he says there, but there's no marker. So then he goes to his arm and he rips a little sort of branch off his arm, and sticks it in the ground and thus marks the grave of Alec Holland He's there. He knows he's there. And then as Swamp Thing walks away, he says, I know he's there. I know that he is smiling, but I don't look back because this does signify that Swamp Thing has finally really processed, embraced, and accepted who he is and what he is. And what he is is a brand new creature that was formed from this event that happened. Of course, his story is tied into Alec Holland, but he is not Alec Holland. Alec Holland has been buried, has been put away as Swamp Thing walks off into the the I don't know if that's the setting sun or the moon or whatever it is. He's walking off into it, that's for sure. And that ends what is a very, again, like I said, a very Alan Moore esque issue. So Eric, as someone who has not had a lot of Alan Moore in his life, what yeah. do you think of this? What are your first impressions of this issue as someone who hadn't hadn't done much Swamp Thing either?
2: I thought this was a fantastic issue. Um <clears throat> This, the amount of storytelling that went into the few pages that are in this, in this issue was a, a amazing. Um, you know, the amount of feeling that went into it and that you could take out of it, I thought was great. Um, you know, the ending, you know, just summed everything up nice, ni- nice and neat little package. Um, and it just makes me want to read more, more of this run just because of how well it's written and how well it's, um, it's drawn.
1: Absolutely. And that, that is indeed your homework is to yep. go back and read this entire run. And then maybe we'll do a, maybe we can do a retrospective on the whole thing. As I think if I was going to recommend one Alan more work to somebody, I don't know if this would be the one I would recommend. It might depend on the person for you. It's yep. this because you're already into this type of stuff into yep. sort of that horror vibe. So for you, this is, this would actually be absolutely Our be best. my place yeah. to start. For a lot of people, I might say Watchmen or I might say Killing Joke or something like that, something more Batman or you know Superman or something like that. But I think for you, this is this is the place to do it. So and because you said you wanted to keep reading, you did actually read, I think, a bit of 2029. 20, so I'm not going to go into the plot of episode 29. There's just one portion of, of episode. I did it. Issues episode. Issue. It's been a while. Uh, I'm not going to go into the full plot of issue 29. There's just one scene that I want to skip so forward to that does kind of. S- Uh, sum up a little bit of things that went on here and um, you know the swamp thing is approaching Abby again he's saying oh Abby hi it's been a long time I missed you and she says oh well I thought you know I thought after the last time I I thought you didn't like me anymore and she's like no I thought I know I made you mad I kept calling you Alec I know you're not Alec but you know I I can't get used to calling you anything else because I always called you Alec and I'm sorry I'm, I'm a moron but and he just says Abby Abby it doesn't matter not anymore you can call me Alec if that's easier so i i thought he's just he's like i can she's and she's so excited and i thought this was like a, and they give each other a nice little look here and I, the art here like man Stephen Bissett's art like the fact that he can convey emotion on the the swampy leafy face of swamp thing is incredibly impressive and he does that throughout this run but really with this panel with the two of them looking at each other and having this moment like okay we're cool now. And and you can tell he's moved on. He is not the morose swamp motherfucker he was an issue ago. He's happy. He's he's like, he's feeling joy. And it's something we hadn't seen from Swamp Thing in this entire run. So it is kind of yeah. like a nice moment. And it shows that he has really moved on. He's moved on so much that not only, as in last issue, did he move on from the Alec Holland thing. he He embraced that he was not Alec Holland, buried the body of Alec Holland, left him there. No looking back. But he's so moved on that he's even okay to be called Alec because he's not going to be triggered by it anymore. He gets it, you know? He's like, she's called me Alec. She's only known me as Alec. She interacted with me when she thought I was Alec, when I called myself Alec. So I can't expect the world to change for me. Just, like, I've got to... To me, he's saying, like, I've got to... You know, I've got to do this myself. This is not on the world to change around me. You know, if, if someone if someone calling me Alec bothers me, then that's my problem. Is the way I take this, and he's gotten over that. So to me, this was like a nice little bow tie on the events of the last issue. It shows that he has really moved on. He's moved on so much that he's back to okay being called Alec, which does now. I don't know where this now falls in canon if it's considered Haaland. Because when you see Swamp Thing appear in DC Comics now, everyone calls him Alec. So I guess you can headcanon this either way. You can headcanon this out of existence and he's always been Alec Holland, Or you can just headcanon that yeah, he knows he's not Alec Holland, but everyone's always called him that. So he just doesn't correct people and then that and that still continues his origin. That's the way I like to do it because in my version of, of DC Comics, this is the currently this is the accepted Alec Holland orange. This is the accepted Swamp Thing origin story and always will be. There is no Alec Swamp Thing is not Alec Holland. That will always be my origin story, but I can accept it and I cannot cringe when I see characters call him that because he's let it go and he let it go in this issue. It's also easier to call him Alec, and it's just easier, right? That's the main—that's the main point. It's easier to say Alec than have every single interaction with him be go. Well, actually, I'm not really Alec Holland. I'm actually was Korea was, and then getting yeah, it would be too much to explain. So that there's that too. Uh, So that being said, I think it's time to go to. Our grades on this now I think this was one of the higher graded runs when we first looked at the the first run the first sort of retelling of the origin so yeah. i don't want to influence you eric as a as a first timer on this one i want to get your your pure thoughts on this uh writing and art let's see yeah let's sure see
2: so I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with the art so I, li- I really like the art um i thought it was a very appropriate for this story um i thought it conveyed a lot of feeling um i really enjoyed it i'm gonna give the the art um i'm gonna give the art on this a four um, on the story side, I really enjoyed the story. Uh, storytelling was fantastic in, in issue number 28. I didn't, fortunately I didn't get through 29, but I will. Um, so I'm going to give the story a four and a half. It really conveyed a lot of feeling. It conveyed a lot of backstory, a lot of character building in it. Just one issue. Um, so I'm going with a four and a half on that. So that gives me an eight and a half.
1: All right. Not too shabby. And yeah, I'm. Let me see. I'm going to – this is not – this is like a – this is an epi- An issue – I did it again. It issues episodes. This is an a- issue that I really like and I really enjoy as like a, a really character analysis. It really does tie up the emotional – the emotion and the, the sort of – the psyche of Swamp Thing kind of coming off the events of the last arc while also setting him up for what's about to happen because what's about to come in this next arc is – going to be a really challenging time for him and things are going to about to get really crazy. So, um, so this is like a really interesting sort of like key inflection point within, within the series. So that's why I thought it was a really good issue to just poke, to pull out and just to look at on its own. But I, I can't say this is like one of the greatest comic issues of all time or anything like that. It's just, Really good. It's a really good character analysis, and it's the kind of issue you can't do this every issue. Look, if, if every issue was a, a psychoanalysis of this, you know, of Swamp Thing, looking at you know, whatever, uh, I would probably get bored pretty quick. But when it's an issue like this, around two larger storylines, I think it's kind of like the perfect little reset button, and in some ways, it's kind of like a good jumping on point, maybe, and because you know, it's enough to not overwhelm you to you see you do get the origin story of the character here so you're it's, it's actually probably a pretty good first issue to, to jump on because you you get the origin story you get to learn about the character you get the vibe and feel of the book but you're not overwhelmed by all the all the surrounding storyline it's enough to to interest you in it without having to like have read all the all you know a, a thousand other books um so yeah i think and that's one of Remzo's uh judging points is it good for a new reader i would say it's a very good for a new reader it's a very good issue so i'm gonna give i'm gonna give the writing a four i'm gonna agree with you on that uh it's a four it's very very good we're not going into four and a half or five territory, all-time elite status here, but it's it's very good. And I'm gonna go. You know what? I'm gonna agree with you fully. I, I think the artist Stephen Biset per, fits perfectly uh, with this story, with Alan Moore's style. Five is a little too high. We're talking perfect, but really, really good. Uh, four point five. I'm gonna agree with you on the art. So I'm gonna I'm gonna match your score com- score completely here. I'm gonna give this issue an eight point five. That gives us, because you are Remzo today, that gives us an, an SPC total of. Quick math tells me. 17 <laughs> that's very high i would say that's very high i would say that's even just above Remzo's vaunted sunday read you may as well kick the tires on it uh status I, I call it a little higher i would actually say if you're if you're in if you enjoy alan moore and especially if you enjoy alan moore swamp thing and you haven't read this issue i would actually call this a pivotal issue to read
2: yeah i'd say this i agree with that i say this is a fantastic issue this is this is a great comic book to read
1: all right. Well, that being being said, uh, can I expect that you will go back and, and are you going to start on this homework assignment now that I've, I've teased you, now that you have access to, through, to, <laughs> through me to this?
2: No, I mysteriously have access to it. Yes, I will. Um, definitely going to complete this run. Um, and, uh, you know, so far it's off to a good start.
1: All right. Well, very, very well then. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for coming on, for subbing in for Remzo at the last minute, because here at SBC, we always get it done. All right, we My always pleasure. show up. It doesn't matter if one of us is having an existential crisis, don't it wasn't matter if one of us is doing Florida man things, we always find a way to show up. Each and every Wednesday. That is our pledge to you. If you want to make a pledge to us, and by that we mean money, you can head over to patreon.com slash secondprintpod. You can contribute to the Remzo Healing and Reading Fund at the same time. Also, um, as Remzo has mentioned, we are doing a summer special. Anybody who signs up uh, for our Patreon is also going to get a special signed SBC poster delivered right to you. And Remzo will donate I believe a dollar per sign up to the Gary sneeze fund that is his favorite charity. So look, good stuff all around here. Check it all out. Patreon.com slash second print. they do all sorts of bonus content, early release episodes, and a lot more to come. Uh, Eric, thanks again for coming on the show. I appreciate it until next time. Everybody don't forget to continue to read comics and what now and change the world. Good night, America.